The Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast is brought to you by Wilbur Curtis. Wilbur Curtis gives you some of the best batch brewers around. They're so consistent. They're insane. You can program them. Your coffee's going to taste better than it ever has. And if you don't want to deal with that, guess what? It comes pre-programmed, so don't even worry about it. Also, this family-owned company has gone full solar, full green, full awesome. You know what that means? That means the sun comes down. They get the power. The power powers the plant where they create the brewers, and those brewers come out to us ready to go. Have you ever heard of a seraphim? Not just an angel, folks. No, folks. That is a tasty, tasty brewer for by-the-cup coffee. Even the coffee nerds can get a nice little shower head, program that thing. You heard of the clover? This is the new new. Seraphim, angel, ring down, happy coffee. Everything is coming together for you. If you hit up Wilbur Curtis and my friend Brent Curtis, who I've seen, who has kids, have seen. Of course, I've seen him. He's a great guy. He helps us out all the time takes his kids to Disneyland we have the best time as well this family-owned company treats people right they do a great job they're becoming the premier place to get your coffee equipment for batch brewing do it to it and if you need a water boiler guess what they have that too okay bye-bye I always feel like somebody's watching me I don't want to spill my coffee there uh I always feel like I got speech to me. I always feel like I need a Did y'all hear us on the Unpacking Coffee interview? Go check them out. It was Should a we put funny it on a blog? Yeah, dude. Put it on a blog? Yeah, dude. I'm terrible at blogging. Go to no. unpackingcoffee.com and check out our interview, and I'm also going to put a link on our blog. Yeah, put a link, a link on the blog. link on our Facebook. So you can go to catandcloud.com and go to the blog. Link on link on link. You can freaking links everywhere dude this is the cat and cloud coffee podcast oh we're woo. in the back room dude everybody's here xander's here caroline's here grace is here alex is here oh my god i trust xander Everyone's with my looking life through the gr- dude xander's got it together dude you yeah. know why he's been smoking all that beer xander you smoking beers again Xander's smoking hops dude you don't you don't smoke hops you make beer out of them no dude he smokes those hops jeez dude kids these days welcome Welcome. We had the sickest orientation ever. It was really fun for me. I think it was really fun for the staff. Yeah, we redid the whole thing. As per our last episode, we talked about uh, how we figured out we were going to rework some stuff. And it turns out we're going to re- rework everything. But we started with orientation. It's pretty sick. Dude, crank that, dude. Soldier Boy yeah. all day. We Soldier Boy it. Point, dude. Hit the PowerPoint. Alex is taking photos. We got a lot of cool, crazy cool, yeah, crazy, sexy, cool. Yeah, TLC. TLC uh-huh. type questions. You got a creep. Creep. And we'll just, let's just like pick one. I'm going to pick one right here, dude. We've been having so many questions come in, and I got to tell everybody on the internet and the web, the support for the podcast feels very, very nice. Thank you so much for it. It's really cool and also intimidating to have so many emails sent in to us. Yeah, Alex is uh, taking care of that. He's yeah. actually developing a web page as we speak that filters our emails into the proper channels. Because there's no way we're doing a good job right now. You can go see the <laughs> sick updated contact form. on. It's got pictures and everything. Dude, I love photos. Let's start it cool, steady, and easy. This one's this is a shout out. Okay. I know you all are really busy. True. But I have a favor to ask. My friend basically flew across the country from Tallahassee to Santa Cruz just to check out your shop. He was in the shop, sat next to Baca, but was too humble to say anything. <laughs> If you want to make a young barista's whole day, give Victor a quick shout out on the podcast. Hey, Victor. Victor. What up? I think you have long hair. I think I know who you are. 
Mm. Maybe. I could be totally wrong. I'm very positive that you shower with Vidal Sassoon. Yeah. And you eat a crumpet in the morning. It's very shiny hair. Mm. And I appreciate it. So that's from, uh, that's Jason Card threw that one out. Whoa, whoa. Positive, positive stuff out there, Victor. Thanks for coming all this way to have coffee. And I'm sorry that you felt intimidated by Jorge Baco over here, but he's a friendly dude. Next time you're here. I'm a really mean guy. Break the ice. And I don't have anything good to say about anyone. Hi, guys. First off, thank you for the wealth of information and willingness to share. I'm a beginning home roaster, Hucky 500. And as you know, there's not a great deal of info out there. I was wondering if you could talk a little more about the theory and the why behind post-roast blending. The only reference I've heard on your podcast was a four or five second snippet that said, basically, if you know what you're doing, just don't do it. (laughs) Your philosophy (laughs) here is in stark contrast to another willingly educational vlogger roaster, Joe Morocco, who's detailed his stance and preference for pre-roast blending. Wait, did we talk about this already? No, just you and me talked about it because I was so surprised that Joe Morocco would suggest pre-roast blending. But, but we didn't that's really a personal talk, thought of mine. Yeah, we didn't talk about Because I disagree with that idea. Of course, proof is in the cup, and I'm sure you end up with a great cup of coffee roasted either way. But he wants to hear more about our thought process. That is Mike Z. Mike Z, different beans have different moisture content levels. They have different densities. They require different applications of heat and or airflow in the roaster to unlock their the potential most magical potential that's in there so if you have let's take two beans that we have that are like really crazy different like something like a kenya caratina um its first crack is like a whole lot sooner than something like the columbia potosi right potosi wants like a lot more heat it cracks a good like six or seven degrees later the roast to get the flavors that we want, finishes at a much higher temperature than the Kenya does. So if you mix those two together and run a line, you're basically optimizing neither coffee. Yeah, it's going to get weird. It's going to get potentially weird. It's going to get potentially weird. So I guess if you had two coffees that required the exact same application of heat, airflow, and everything else... You could potentially roast them together, but there's so many differences between each coffee that I would n- never recommend doing that as a as a go-to process. Yeah, I mean, this is this comes down to what you value per se, and if if you value saving time, then more so than you do like the specificity and the quality of each one of those coffees, you could probably make like a fairly good product if you practiced it. In that, you would understand the consistency of like the blend of those coffees, as long as you you know made sure that you blended the same amount weight wise every time you could probably come up with like a pretty good product but if you're hyper critical about your quality you're going to want to make sure each one of those coffees individually tastes amazing and the only way you're going to do that ever is if you roast them by themselves and then blend them afterwards yeah there's just no way i agree yeah so that's that's where we're at that's our why i need to read whatever joe said i haven't read that yet it's i need to read it as well because i would i'm a little surprised he's like a really high quality guy and i he must have a reason if he's saying that. I think there must be some caveat to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I know Joe well, and he's an awesome, yep, quality-driven human being. So it's either specificity to like maybe two coffees that are like really close to each other. Anyway, I don't know. Can't speak to it. Good talk. Maybe it's coffees grown at the Goodlands in Santa Barbara. Maybe it's all <laughs> sea level. It's robustus. all sea level. <laughs>
<laughs> if you're roasting at sea level, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, dude, because it, it will be the same. It's going to be grown at sea level. All cool. right. This is one from somebody's name I can't pronounce. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. Thank you. We love you. Love the energy, the good discussion, and how you guys make everything super approachable. This is a fun one. I've been wanting to learn more about specialty tea and don't know where to start. Wanted to know if you guys knew any good resources and if you could point me in the right direction. Thanks, guys. Congrats on the new shop. Hope to make it out there someday. <laughs> I'd say, for first of all, I, I hate tea in all forms. I can't stand tea. Nothing's more boring to me than tea. But I know it's it's like this that doesn't I'm not saying anything about the product. I know it can be like infinitely complex right. and totally amazing. I just don't like it. That being said, I think Peter over at Song Tea. He knows some things. He knows some things. I did a tea tasting with Peter before he had Song, which is when he was part of Red Blossom in San Francisco. And it's definitely super interesting. Yeah. And definitely blew my mind a little bit. I just don't actually like to drink tea. Yeah, I had a really good tasting and I really enjoyed and I like tea. Um I enjoyed Rishi's tasting program. They did a whole day with us. It was really good also. Um, but here is my truth. I'm not a tea professional, for one. But I have... We have tea from Art of Tea, which we love. And we like everything. And, you know, the coffee nerds and the tea nerds might say that that's, like, a, a not the high-grade Rishi or Song tea. But... I am, we buy like a orchid oolong tea from them that's from Taiwan and I'm having a hard time distinguishing the difference between it and some of the best teas from these other companies on a real level when I brew it the same way. So this might be something that I would reference in terms of those people who are professionals at wine and be like, find a tea you like and like it because I've found that for me and I don't think any individual brand is maybe taking that experience for me to a level that's worth paying a lot more money so that's a personal thing that's not necessarily everybody's personal thing you got to take that with a grain of salt i'm really happy with rt though rt shout out to you guys thanks for doing that aot shout out i think you hit the nail on the head thanks dude i love nails like a seasoned construction worker man (laughs) hey dudes this one's from luke Dude, I love Luke. Luke, dude, strong name. Luke Cage. Luke's got a sick jawline for sure, dude. Mm, positive he probably about like that. shaves his beard out to a point. He's all walks in the room, flexes his chest. What's up, guys? It's me, Luke. Yeah, dude. We just generalized you, but it's probably perfect. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dudes. Found your podcast as a result of the Spread Awards. Cool. I'm 24 from the UK and quite new to specialty coffee. I'm listening to your podcast from episode one. I'm going to be up to date soon. Your cat facts are hella useful. I'm learning so much. I did not know people in the UK said hella, but I support that move. Maybe we made him say hella. Hella. I've gotten into specialty as someone who thought all coffee tasted the same as I used to drink darker stuff. My enthusiasm now for coffee is that I'm always amazed at how varied and different coffees can taste and feel in my mouth. (laughs) I used to just think it was a bitter drink and that was that. My question to you, I still feel like I'm at the stage where I either like a coffee or I don't. How do I improve myself to be able to distinguish slash recognize taste in the coffees I'm drinking? Mad love. Luke from England. It's like right up your alley, dude. Dude. Flavored palatal development? Palatal development. I mean, at the end of the day, my friend, you just have to taste a lot of different things and then always go back to coffee. Taste different coffees. Taste... Maybe the same coffee from the same company over a long period of time to just familiarize yourself with it. And then like, it's almost like if you took that as your baseline coffee, like found a coffee and you drink it consistently for like a couple months 
And then alongside that brought in a random coffee from here and a random coffee from there so that you could have like something to distinguish it. That's like a way. But for me, it was always, always, always being able to be attached to a coffee company and drinking the same espresso every day. Right. It's like I was always re coming back to this espresso profile and tasting it and trying to optimize it and finding my happy place there. And then having the like discipline to taste all the different coffees that we were serving all the time. He's he might not be a barista. I know, so that that's why yeah. it was hard for me because that's what Maya take was. So I mean, maybe if jeez, uh, I guess if you're buying coffees, talk to whoever you're getting your coffee from and try to get a nice. Uh, if you're gonna buy three coffees at a time, make sure that they're really different coffees. That'll help you. So yeah. maybe get you know something that's naturally processed, something that's washed and super clean, and then maybe um, something crazy from Brazil or right. like even like. You know, go Indonesia, sprinkle in stuff from different regions. I feel like tasting three coffees, like high elevation wash coffees from somewhere like all centrals, all centrals. Like all my coffees are from Guatemala and I'm trying to figure out why they taste different. Right. Maybe not the best way to go. Like definitely start broad and different. So, yeah, find a Indo-Pacific and find a natural and find a washed. Or even if you're doing a couple of washed coffees, make sure they're from very far apart. Like get a Kenyan wash coffee and then get a Colombian wash coffee and then get like a whatever, another one. <laughs> one thing that helps me, if you're in a place where there are roasters who are offering cuppings that you can go to, is go to the cuppings and talk at the cupping. No matter how nervous or weird you might feel or under, I don't know, like you're not an expert. You're right. like, I don't want to voice my opinion. Like there's something for me about speaking out loud about what I'm thinking that helps me learn a little bit more. Cause yes. then you can like engage in this dialogue rather than like bottling it up and being like, I can't even tell what, I don't know what's happening, but I think maybe peaches. Yeah. And while this is all amazing advice, try not to take all of your advice from a single source. That's like one of the most important things I can offer to you. Do not take anybody over there is, opinion as face value the only uh, like the right answer just take that information and put it away and then go ask somebody else the same exact question as a professional and just start start gathering information and then make your own decision upon your experience but i mean you're gonna you're gonna gather information we have we have information people over there there's a bunch of great spots depending on where you live that you'll probably be able to get coffee from and ask questions ask questions taste with people ask what they're tasting and then over time you're going to just develop this palate and then on top of that things you can do to supplement taste everything all the time things you think you won't like new things just taste it because coffee's complex and you'll find that you'll be like oh i remember a, f- a flavor like that or a mouthfeel like that or an aroma like that in something else and that is the key that is the key cool i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw another one your way dude this is from Edward. He loves listening to the podcast. Scissor hands. He's kind of has Edward scissor hands. He's just you, totally misunderstood. He is. He's got a good heart. He does. He keeps cutting people. Very scary. But he's just trying to do the right thing. Yeah, it's because his hands have scissors on them. He was created out of like thin air by this guy. It's like it's not his fault. He's had a completely like misled childhood. It's tough out there. It's ridiculous, for man. I, mean, I can't. Thank goodness for Winona Ryder. <laughs> Man, <laughs> somebody finally gets me. Tame the beast. Tame the beast. Um, I love listening to the podcast. The Do inspiration and the insight. Well, yep, ripped you all produced is incredible. 
Incredible. Greatly influenced me and the people I work with. I am from Central Arkansas, and I'm a barista at Blue Sail Coffee. My boss has put me in charge of coming up with customer service standards for our company, and I would love to talk to you about your company's standards. You all have made a big impact in Santa Cruz from what I hear, and I would love to be able to extend that impact to Arkansas. If you have a document you might be able to share or want to answer this question on the podcast, that'd be rad. I'm super amped about hearing from y'all. Keep rocking and rolling over there in California. Cheers. Yeah. We do not have a document that we would be willing to share, but we do have answers on this podcast that I will give you. And um, I have to start with a caveat, though. If your boss puts you in charge of something, you better know your boss of the company really, really well, and you better work with them on these implementation ideas. And here's what I'm saying. If you come up with a bunch of things that you value and you find really important, and they in some way, shape, or form differ for your boss, you're going to have an insanely hard time getting them to be a company-wide value, and you're going to have a hard time getting the support from your boss to carry them out because your boss has to authentically be behind these things, and they have to be a core value of your boss unless your boss is not involved at all in the company and says, here you go, do whatever you want. So there's my caveat. For us, we've got our company values, which we've talked about on some prior... um, episodes i encourage you to go back and listen to like uh, how do we value or how do we benefit, how do we benefit? and uh, i think it's maybe mission vision yeah they might have a mission vision values one. anything with the term values in our in the title go back and re-listen to them you can learn about our values because they are the foundation of all of our training but our general rule of thumb that we give everybody in retail is this if you leave happier then you came in, we did our job. And that is the general retail focus. So whatever that takes, that's our goal. And we have some specificity around that in terms of like how we ask people to engage. But as long as we're being really courteous, as long as we're, we're doing our job with some good accuracy and we're, we're behind the counter engaging people in an entertaining way and we're creating an environment of safety that makes people wanna come back we tend to be doing the job that Chris, myself, and Charles expect and what we would like. And that's all by intention. There's training around that. So, you know, you have to hire the right people and you have to set foundational goals and you have to name what you want out of these experiences that you're designing in your cafe. Yeah, if you're looking for specifics on what do I want out of a customer service experience, reverse engineer the whole situation. Start with yourself. Go to a shop it doesn't have to be coffee it doesn't have to be food it could be anywhere um take note of the interaction that you receive from the staff take note of everything else that's going on in the place like does it look clean is everybody nice do they say hi when i walk in and then think about how that makes you feel if it makes you feel really good when like right when you walk in the door someone says hi to you and acknowledges your presence maybe that's something that you implement in your cafe um, if you don't like that kind of thing, then maybe you don't have to implement it. There's no like one size fits all kind of situation. Different people definitely have different needs, but think about what you want out of a customer service experience yeah. and create that. And then think about the things that like really just piss you off. Like I hate it when this happens. I don't know what those things are, but totally. And you know, what might help too. maybe do your homework in this way. Maybe get with the owner of the company and ask the owner of the company, where's your three or four favorite places to go? 
And if you can afford to go to those places, hopefully you can. It's not like way out of the price range and they're not like, you know, there's not like that much of a disparity. Go to those places and experience them yourselves and then ask your owner, like, why do you love these places? What's your favorite experience? Why, you know, get, get as close as you can to that. So that way, you know, the thing you're building is going to hit home for the owner of the company. Uh, and then the same thing, like what are the pet peeves of the owner and how do you basically train those out of the culture in your company and make sure that there's like an alignment there so that you know you're doing a good job and the accountability is set for yourself based on like a knowledge of the need and the want of the ownership there. Dun, 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 dun. Feeling pretty good about that. I feel great about that. Good luck. I hope you crush it. Hey, guys. This is from Thor. Dude. Wow. A demigod wrote you in know, for us. Just freaking... Making that weather pattern just swing, dude. <laughs> he's like, is that why it's raining so much in Santa Cruz recently? Dude, he's trying to put the hammer down on good old Cap, dude. Loki around? Yeah, Loki's just chilling in the background. Thought he was. Is that why they? Oh, you know what? I've been misunderstanding. When they say I did that low key, they're talking I did that about low key. Yeah, it's more of a verb. I did that low key. <laughs> Yo, dude, on the low key, dude. I just keep it low key. I'm like, stop saying that. You Yo, guys are servants, obviously. <laughs> A few episodes back, Chris was griping about VSTs, refractometers, increase in price. So I started looking at other options because you're right. They should make a $200 refractometer. If we have more baristas checking TDS on espresso and filter yields, we will ultimately have more good coffee options. That's probably true. Do you have any experience with the Otago PAL coffee refractometer? It runs for $275, which would be awesome if it works well. Second question is, if it's slightly less accurate than VST2 or 3, is it worth getting in its, into a slight accuracy? Is it worth getting into a slight inaccuracy versus not, not refracting at all? That was a challenge for me to read, as you can tell. Keep up the hard work. Congrats on the new shop. I have never used one of those and heard of them, but I'm definitely going to look at them now. That sounds great. 300 bucks is totally reasonable. Um, I can't speak because I haven't had like every like incarnation of the refractometer. I had the very first one and I have the most recent one, but I can tell you it's shooting light through coffee. Like I could probably do without like the slight increases in whatever technologies in there. Cause when I used the first version that came out, it worked perfectly fine and I was able to track coffee consistency and that worked fine for me. I don't yeah. even know what the upgrades are that make it 800 bucks. I have no, like no clue well bro absolutely no idea it lasers to your watch i mean like <laughs> it's bluetooth I remember navigation the, i remember the first price increase was like okay like you got the one and then the second one's like three or four hundred bucks and it's got the lid that closes and i'm like okay that makes sense i don't know if i want to pay like 200 bucks more for a lid that closes but like there's i mean other, who does yeah <laughs> i mean there's, <laughs> a, there's a lid other stuff in there right but yeah i think we're getting ripped off yeah um yeah but you know I'm going to check this other one out. And Don't speak. Remember when you said that earlier? You're all, Someone who has a lot of money, which is not me, who already owns a VST refractometer needs to buy this for $275. So someone who works at like Intelligentsia or Stumptown or some company that I just use those companies because they're big and they right. probably have like way bigger budgets than, you know, some of the smaller companies have. Spend 300 bucks on this and let's like use it together at SCAA side by side and see if there's an accuracy discrepancy. Take it to the Global Specialty Coffee Expo. I bet they're not too different. I mean, yeah. I mean, why would you ever build one if it wasn't accurate enough to stand behind? 
You could, I guess. Just I mean, there's always the going to be improvements. It's just like, is the improvement worth six hundred, five hundred more dollars? Yeah, and is it enough of an improvement? You know, is yeah. It well, because I mean, okay, so just here's where I'm at. Like, what if the numbers are like point two or whatever, half a percent off, but they're consistent, and it just like reads the same way. Is right. That, and then you taste your coffee and you just have a still you still have a tool that measures consistency with your own coffee. Like I mean, there's the, like slight variables in reading anyway. So if I go to a one point three five and or a one point three six, it's not really changing my life that much. So that's I guess what I'm saying. I if don't it's know. like tenths it's, off, that could be like that's a whole different story. But right. if it's hundredths off, as long as it's consistent, it's probably not the biggest deal ever. Yeah. I mean you want an accurate tool. I don't know. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Somebody buy one, please. Uh, I'll buy one when I get my scholarship in. We have, yeah, we have some scholarships. Jared and I are working on this uh, scholarship program. So once it comes in, we'll let you know. I'm trying to read out these quick, gosh, this document. Documents are hard, you guys. Let's just talk about that. We're coffee guys. We're not document guys. Okay. I don't even know how to use this. It's a double finger up and downer. I apologize for everyone just sitting there. No, waiting. you don't have to apologize. I'll tell him a story about waiting on the edge Big of their Sean. seat. Big Sean, dude. Ain't nobody. See, there click. you go. Click. 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 Uh-huh. Ain't nobody. Yeah, tell the bad bitch, do whatever <laughs> I say. You guys know that one? I'm coming back to the driveway. It's driving from Friday. I've been following you guys for a while. It's weird. I haven't seen you in my rearview mirror. I listen to the podcast as soon as it's out, and I'm a big fan of Chris's YouTube channel. Now. My question is pretty specific, and for your next Q&A session on the podcast, that's happening right now. Holy crap, bro. Holy crap. I see a lot of confusion with regards to the definition of ristretto and consequently the lungo. Many baristi, plural, out there seem to think that the two, that these two definitions only mean stopping the flow short for the ristretto or letting it run longer for the lungo. It's obvious this will lead to respectively under and over extracted cup of coffee, assuming a proper dial-in. For a normale. That's a normal shot. Standard. I do understand that the modern definition of espresso includes finding the perfect recipe for a given coffee to extract the best of the bean. However, if a customer wants to ask for a stretto shot, would you, one, adjust the grind and or dose on the fly to make it right with a proper extraction ratio, two, stop the shot earlier and under extract, or three, refuse serving anything else than what you dial in the coffee at normally. Or Thank you for your answer. I really enjoy what you guys do. I'm actually thinking of visiting San Francisco and planning to pay a visit to Santa Cruz. You definitely should. That's from Pierre Goulet. I'd, I'd go with option four, which is offered, which is what we do in a way, and that's offer two different styles of coffees. One of them in which we pull shorter, which is closer to the ristretto. Tight like a tiger. Like a toiger. Toy and then guy. there is another coffee that is a little bit more modern and large, and we pull it quite a bit bigger. And we actually have people who do ask questions like this, and we just serve them either or of those based on what they're asking for, and we actually don't have a conversation with them. And I have not had a person bring it back, and I'm thinking about that, and I'm like, there's actually one person who wanted it larger, and I added a little bit of water to the bottom of the espresso shot, and I pulled the long shot on top of it and handed it to them, and they loved it. The good old sneaky Americano, dude. Yeah. And it wasn't even much. Yeah. It was like an ounce of water and then the standard, like, whatever, um, whatever, 44 44 gram gram shot. Yeah. 
on Same top number. of that. <laughs> exactly. Two bros <laughs> off the top. 44 grams, baby. Ow! So, I mean, that's that's a way to address that situation without trying to make it too complicated. Complication is definitely specialty coffee's worst nightmare and finest attribute, <laughs> in my opinion. Everybody tries to, with the right intention, make something up that ends up making life so much harder. And in my opinion, it's totally not worth it. And then there's those like, what would you do? Let's just like feed the tiger a little yeah. bit. Like, shoot a tiger. Shoot a tiger. If we ran across someone who wanted it even more ristretto than the ristretto. For example, we went to Vivace and got a shot that was probably less than 10 grams. Right. Out. We actually haven't had that in the cafe. Nobody's asked for that. I mean, Shomer would if he came in. That'd be sick. I'd find a way if Shomer if came Shomer in. If Shomer came in, I'd find a way. I'd do anything for Shomer. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean. It's a hard question. Well, so for me, it, it isn't in that we aren't we aren't doing this currently, but there is the whole idea of having your EK43 grinder and making espresso shots on it and the ability to calibrate it in such a way where it can be very, very tight like that. So for me, like it's, we still have the opportunity if we want. We can calibrate that thing so that it could pull a shot in 30, 40 seconds that's only an ounce tops. And if somebody really needed that, we could pull a one-off shot really simply by, by just knowing what we want to do. And that's just like an act of intention. And if you want to do it, if you simply can't offer it because, I mean, you, you can always offer anything. You can tell them, okay, hey, and be super honest. We typically don't pull coffee like that. I think it might be a little bit sour, and I, I, I think you might not like it. I will pull you a shot like that, as long as you know that like it's what you're asking for, and I'm doing it for you. But I don't necessarily think it'll taste good with our style of coffee. And if you don't like it, I'll try my best to make you something better. If you give them that caveat, I think they'd be really they respect you a lot. Right. And you would also be being honest. You'd have to be really smart and wise about your delivery there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's worth having that conversation if you have no creative ability to do so otherwise. You'd have to be very charming. Yeah. You know? You definitely would. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we, we would have to say no if somebody did this. I, would, I feel like really confident in our staff's ability to communicate something like that. But I do understand the issue. You could also make them a single, maybe. You could definitely pop a single out if you have the opportunity. It's interesting because when someone asks for a, a ristretto, like I said, not... We really haven't had anybody come in and ask for that. We, I used to get that. Well, it never used to happen back in the day because we pulled Ristretto by default. We used to get people ask for a Lungo. Right. And back in the day, like, I don't know, like when I was at Ritual, we would be like, no, sorry. We just yeah. shut them down. But we were like the only specialty coffee in the city yeah. besides the Blue Bottle Haze. So like you do whatever we want. doesn't totally. matter. And like you're trailblazing. Yeah. We're like, whatever we, we do goes like, yeah, you don't get to ask for stuff here. (sighs) Um, but I'm wondering what they want. Do they want just physically less volume or is it more about like the, like totally like the deep dark or do they want it under extracted or do they want just like it? Like, I don't know. You know, it's hard. Cause I, I get judgy in that. Like the, from my experiences, the people that typically ask for things like that, with the exception of someone like Shomer, typically are people who have just like liked or like 
came into some knowledge and they, you know, they kind of feel like they're like getting the thing and they feel like they're kind of like slightly power tripping on you. And I'm not trying to generalize, but that's, that's been my experience. Like the people who are doing that are like, they're always the ones like, well, I've been to Italy. And <laughs> so you don't know. And I know. And then I like do my best. And maybe they're not even trying to power trip. Maybe it's like their way of connecting to you. Totally. And they're just showing like, hey, like I like coffee too. Like yeah. can I get a ristretto? <laughs> and like maybe so. they have like such, maybe they have no idea what it means. Yeah. Have such good intentions, but are trying to show interest. Right. I mean, you're in a, you're in an interestingly gray area. That's. It's worth a conversation. It's also something that kind of needs context for your person and your situation a little more, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I would probably have 10 different answers to 10 different customers, depending on what that customer was like doing and or acting like. And getting to know them. Yeah, just feeling it out. Sorry for the non-answer, Pierre. I think there's probably some helpful nugs in there. NorCal Nugs coming out. NorCal Nugs, dude. Just that sticky, icky knowledge, dude. (laughs) Sticky, icky, icky. Ooh, ooh. Man, that's it's a Saturday, Luda. dude. It's Saturday. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh wow, we got. We're doing it hardcore right now, oh, dude. Oh cool. I love. I love that. Yeah, positive message, fellas. That's me. One and you. question, if you have time. We do, dude. We have she's to doing it right now, dude. Like, how are we not having time? Great question. Time is money, time baby. Is <laughs> if you can print money, you can print time. You know what I'm saying? Oh, snap. I dig your podcast. I dig your moves. For taking orders, have you tried slash thought about each barista taking the customer's order by the espresso machine, making it, then taking the customer, taking it and the customer to the POS and ringing them up? More personal service, but maybe requires more staff. I was just wondering. Thanks, Steve. Yes, we thought about it. I hate this idea. There's a lot of places to do it. Well, maybe not a lot. There's a few places who do it. The reason that I dislike this is I don't want to have my drink in front of me and then still have to pay for it. It's fucking so obnoxious to me. And I'm like, even places that I respect a lot, like Vivace, they do this. Like you order with a barista, you walk it over, your espresso's there at the register, but instead of enjoying your espresso or your cappuccino, you're like rifling through your wallet while your drink sits there. And you're just like chilling on it. It's just, I, I or don't. you're done with it by the time you even pay. Or you're done with it. And then the last experience you have is like shelling out money. You just don't get that time, that freedom of time to enjoy your coffee on your own terms. And right. I really don't like that. It's yeah. like trying to drink espresso while you really have to pee. The whole thing's just kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I want to go to the bathroom first. <laughs> I need to pee. You're all, you guys, I just enjoyed the line ride and had an espresso <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> we're kind of making fun of you because we hate it, but we really like you. As no, we're a human not even being. making fun of. We're not even making fun of Steve. That's true. We're, we're not just making fun of the idea. Well, we're making fun of anybody Steve who does this. Question. <laughs> I'm not even making fun of him. I'm just saying I hate it. I'm making fun of them because that's what I picture. I'm sitting in. I'm walking in a line drinking espresso, and then I paid for walking in a line. Oh, this is cool. And then you don't really get to have drinks with your friends if you're with your friends. You like forget too. about it. Like everybody. Yeah, yeah. Cause, I like forget about because you situation. don't get to linger with it. You don't get anything. You're like, like, yeah, you're just like, okay, well, I paid and I guess I'm out of here. It's a game killer. 
or you sit on your drink and your drink kind of gets a little cool and it's like not at its optimum. And then the cappuccino is like a little bubbly by the time you sit down and you don't get like that super creamy beige shot. It's like it's like Snoop Dogg. Once he bees his end, he's heading up out there, dude. He's not hanging around. He's like, I'm done, dude. Finish. <laughs> it's in his songs, you guys. That's a literal <laughs> it's like, truth. It's a truth right there, dude. Still to this day. There's nothing else going on. Ain't nothing changed, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, is one thing he said. In the chronic 2001 uh, so I don't. Y- I don't actually think it's more personal service either. I mean, it's Im- more impersonal okay. for everybody else in the cafe than it is for that one person. The and idea of a barista is the biggest fucking load of bullshit ever. Like, <laughs> everyone. Everybody <laughs> thinks that like the barista needs to talk to the customer. The barista needs to do this. The barista needs to do that. Because the barista is more important than it's anybody like, else. What the fuck, dude? You have all these people on staff. Like, is the person who running your register can't give personal service? That's no, what like, we say. That's a touch base. Is the person who's like steaming the milk and handing the drink off, or the person who's washing dishes, who can just say hi and like talk to the person? That's customer service. The idea that it has to be the person who's making the coffee, and the person who's making the coffee has to per like personally connect with the person they're serving the coffee to is ludicrous <laughs> it really like, is how many restaurants do you go into where you have a direct connection to the chef like you don't dude like ever if you go to manresa are you walking in the back and like be like what's up david how's it going I bro i'm personally this. connecting with you no but it doesn't matter because your host your server the bartender like the sommelier like everybody that you meet along the way gives you amazing ridiculous awesome service that like it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be the chef. It doesn't have to be the barista. It's like the barista might never even like, you might even ever see the barista. The barista could be in a fucking box in the back room for all I care. But if like Grace is at the Ridge making everybody's day super happy, like it doesn't matter. It's not more personalized service. And then arguably maybe the people come back for that person and not the barista. It's like what? Like if they're all staff. Yeah. Right. Like whoever's on your staff should be given awesome service. I hope so. It doesn't matter what they're doing. Yeah. Like it, our vote is basically stop <laughs> stop putting the barista on the pedestal. For, forget about the barista. Yeah. The barista is like part of this thing. I love baristas. Well, yeah. Or else we wouldn't make coffee. <laughs> I worked some bar myself the yeah. other day. It was a great time. Feels good. It but feels good to make the coffee, but that's the chefy mind. It's yeah. It's it's the barista service mind. I don't know, man. I'm just stressed out. No, you're not. It's just we're tired. Just we're tired of that because I just feel real amped about. Well, that. and also honestly, like we see it happen too, where people feel undervalued because the baristas at the company get to be cooler than everybody else, and right. that's an issue. Like I'm just a reg op, so I'm not important. Or yeah. like I'm just a dishwasher, so I'm, I'm not important. I'm anything but the barista. Anything but All the barista. I want to do is stand by this espresso machine, which actually is less valuable than the people who are working way harder around you, Mr. Barista or Miss Barista. The barista's got the easiest job it on is the floor. It is so much harder to run a register and clean and make consistent pour over coffee, man, than it is to be on that espresso machine where almost everything is automated these days and you can crank. And even if it's not automated, you definitely can have an easier job on the espresso machine. Well, the things that you're assembling are pretty basic, right? Like, so whether you're making a latte, a cappuccino, a mocha, a whatever, like the right. espresso that you pull is the same. Yeah. There's really no difference in the milk steaming besides like, you know, those little tweaks between right. orders. But like the person who's running the reg has to basically curate everything for you. They have to take all the information from the customer. They have to take those details. Right. Package it, deliver it to you, like all while actually just like I don't know, talking it's engaging. It's so much harder, it uses so much more brain power. 
to run a register. I think so too. Every single transaction is different. Whereas a barista, you're right. Almost every transaction is the same. I mean, you're ripping shots. You're, you're <laughs> using a little bit different milk and you're maybe adding a little bit of flavoring. It's a, that's a harsh truth that you guys probably hate, but that's our truth. That's our truth. That's our truth. That is our truth. We're 38 in. Good for us. Should we us. call this one? Yeah, man. Let's do it. You Let's know what? Let's do it. Call it. This was the Cat and Cloud Coffee Podcast. Coming to you live from Santa Cruz, California. Not live at all. Chupacabra. Chupacabra. We'll see you next week, all right? Ooh, ooh. That was my ice cube. I did an ice cube. <laughs>